how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to Creative Principles. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. In this podcast, I'll be speaking with writers, directors, actors, musicians, and more, where we'll be discussing the habits, routines, and methods of a creative life. This episode is brought to you by FreelancerClass.com. At FreelancerClass, you can learn how to become a freelancer full-time or part-time. The online course will teach you how to make money as a writer, marketer, graphic designer, virtual assistant, or an accountant from the comfort of your own home. Make a little extra money or replace your income at FreelancerClass.com. In this episode, Dan DeFilippo tells us about his new film, Dementia 13. This is Dan's first credit as a writer on IMDb, but he's read over 30,000 scripts while working in the business. In this interview, he tells us about the difficulties of writing an eight-act structure for chiller films, what makes a horror film believable, the importance of working a day job in the business, and how to reimagine a Francis Ford Coppola film, as this movie was based on the 1963 movie by the same name. Right out of college, I was um, a journalist out in the Hamptons, and uh, you know, uh, worked like all the huge stories for the summer. And then um, the winter came and got real quiet, so jumped in a car, drove to L.A., and kind of went from there. You know, worked at um, Fireworks when they existed in the story department, and then eventually worked for William Morris, L.A., and then transferred to William Morris, New York. And how many scripts have you written over the years? Um, one, two, I'd say this is my third. But, you know, I've read just being in the business and representing people. Uh, it's probably read about 30,000. <laughs> and fixed about, you know, 100 more. Do you usually write within the horror genre? Or what, what kind of led you to this uh, reboot of the Francis Ford Coppola film? Yeah, it's funny. It's somebody... Um, at Universal, who I worked with at um, William Morris, New York, called me up like top of the new year in 2016, and uh, you know basically said if you if you can prove that this is in the public domain, we'll finance you to make it, you know, um, which was great. So we proved that within three days, and then um, I actually used to represent this guy as a writer because uh, I'm a I own a management firm as well, you know, and um, had collaborated with him so much over the years when he was, you know, writing. But he, you know, when it came time to hire a writer, we were just like, well, we'll just write it. So what was that process like? When did you start writing the film and how much time did you spend storyboarding and, and doing research and everything? Uh, well, it was interesting because this, this film is written in eight-act structure. Um, which is very different than your typical, you know, theatrical screenplay. Um, so Justin, who who uh, I co-wrote with, you know, he's the guy at Universal. 
sent over, he was like, I'll send over a treatment, you know? So the treatment was only the first three acts <laughs> of an eight-act structure. So I'm like, well, who's the killer? He's like, I don't know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so I kind of took that, and while he was putting that together, you know, I had one of our assistants kind of transcribe the original and, and um, watch the original a few times. Um, and then once I hit the ground running, I mean, I, I honestly banged out the first draft in a little over three weeks, um, you know, cause we wanted to get it done, you know, tell us a little more about your partnership. Like, did you guys kind of pass it back and forth the entire time? Were you ever in that room together? Not, not in the room together at all. What, what we did was we wanted to just, you know, get that first, first draft, you know, from beginning to end done. And then basically pass it around internally here for notes. I applied those notes and then we sent it over to Justin um, and just over emails and such, we went back and forth just kind of fixing things. You know, we did, we did about maybe three more full passes, I want to say. And what made you want to like stick with this? What made you want to stick with this 8X structure versus the 3X structure? Um, well, you know, this division of Universal is under the Chiller Film Sci-Fi Channel is television division, you know? So eventually it will air on those channels. And uh, just with the commercial structure involved, they tend to prefer an eight-act structure because it, it brings the audience back. It's almost like each act fits into the programming for broadcast. Um you know, each act ends with a bang, so to speak. So when you're writing a horror movie, like what, what makes something work or not work? How do you decide if something is scary enough on paper when you're writing it? Um, I get, I just gut feeling and, you know, uh, feedback. I mean, I've read horror scripts that just have the most ridiculous things happening in them that are just completely unbelievable, you know? So with this one, we tried to stretch the limits a little bit, but, you know, still have it be scary and believable, you know. Um, and then just because I produced the film as well, there were also some things that, you know, just knowing what the parameters of what we had to work with just would be way too time-consuming to pull off kind of. It's a collaboration in that sense. Besides the original film, what other film or book inspirations made their made their way into this film or inspired this film? You know, we we kind of just took everything that we've ever, you know, gravitated towards as an, as audience members, and you know, tried to uh, implement those kind of beats in a in a new way. You know, it's not really a remake; it's it's more of like a rethinking of the original. The original is very kind of drawn out, slow, and didn't make much sense, you know? <laughs> God bless them, though. I think they shot it in like six days or something for like 30 grand. Um, let's talk a little bit about your writing process. Do you have any specific habits that have changed over the years? Like, do you still write at a certain time of day or anything like that, certain rituals? Um, usually late at night, you know, because... I do run a company, so it's that's kind of demanding, you know. Um, 
so kind of, yeah, I've never been one to really like write a treatment, you know, I kind of just dive in and then it's all, it's all about getting through that first draft and then revise, 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 you know. You try to find like a daily balance or is it more of like, you know, giant batches of the work where you're kind of sprinting through the script? I don't just write for a living. So three weeks, 115 pages, whatever kind of balance that is <laughs> from like, you know, 11 o'clock at night till four in the morning and getting up to go to New York city to, to, uh, my management firm. Um, so I would say it's more, um, of a marathon. <laughs> um, so you've read all those scripts. I'm sure you've seen an equal amount of movies. Where do you think that novice writers or new filmmakers waste time in the beginning of their careers? Uh, not working a day job in the business, I would say, you know, um, we get so many queries here from people, you know, in Nebraska who have an, a movie idea. And it's like, move somewhere where you can do something with that you know you really i think you, the number one thing you need to do is just immerse yourself in any um capacity in the actual physical production or representation you know because that's what's going to get people to actually read your stuff your network you know what advice do you have for those people who are ready to maybe make that change and kind of dive in and, and move somewhere how do they possibly first start to meet people? I mean, I'm a proponent of the uh, management firms and agencies because, you know, they just deal in every aspect of the business. And, you know, it's, it's very typical, as you know, for somebody to go work for a CAA or a, a William Morris for, you know, at least a year, maybe a little more, and you kind of, it's like getting paid to network, you know. So the film comes out October 6th. Um, what were some of the difficulties writing the film? Was there a certain part that you had a major problem with or a difficulty to get through? Really, I mean, for this one, it was really that eight-act structure because it changes the rhythms that, you know, you're used to while writing or even reading the screenplay, you know? Um, everything else was, was interesting in the sense that because it's it's kind of a rethinking of something that already exists, we kind of had some um, character traits that we carried over. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like making up people out of the blue. We had kind of a roadmap already in place, which was really helpful with, you know, I mean, I think we didn't even have um, descriptions of the characters in the script it was just their age <laughs> you know um are there any differences shot when, so if you're writing this film and it's kind of meant for television and the theater um are you writing with those you know edits in mind of what can be said on television and what can't be or what can be shown are, are, there, are there any parts where there's two different versions of a scene well you know that was interesting because they the studio basically said Yes, we, we need this to play on TV, but, you know, the parameters were, it's cable. So, please don't use the F-bomb. <laughs> but, you know, and no, like, overtly sexual nudity, obviously, you know. Um, but they did stress that we wanted to have a, a beautiful theatrical look. So, I mean, we shot it, we shot it you know, 
on um, anamorphic lenses, and it's the film itself is beautiful. I mean, we had a techno crane on set, lots of Steadicam work, underwater photography, drone work. You know, we kind of pulled all the stops to make it extremely cinematic, even though eventually it'll end up on TV, you know? What kind of things have you seen change the most recently with the way television is? I mean, it used to be that, you know, there was widescreen versus a box version, and now there's, with Netflix and other channels like that, it seems like there's almost anything can get by one way or another. How, how has the channel changed and, and things for television? I mean, I was just reading an article on the way into uh, New York City today. It's just, I think there's a 71% increase in episodic shows from like five years ago. <laughs> you know, in general, I think it's just a, a platform that's exploding. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's going to continue to explode. And I mean, in this article, it was in Variety today, they were talking about, you know, it won't be odd for in a few years for episodic TV per episode budgets of $20 million, you know, which is insane. Um, but I think with episodic, it's just a lot of uh, storytellers to kind of obviously tell a more in-depth um, story over uh, a full season, you know. And um, they're being financed like small movies per episode now, which is fantastic. It seems unique how the big actors have gravitated that way as well. Like five years ago, there weren't really big names on TV like there are today. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and, you know, I equate that to kind of the death of the mid-range budgeted movie that we saw, like when the recession hit and such. It's like everybody's making, you know, temple superhero movies. And then super low budget, but I mean, even like Amazon and Netflix have now, they're now green lighting um, more. It's great, like 10 to 20 million, you know, that's coming back as well, which is, the streaming services are really uh, fueling a renaissance in content and they're paying for it, which is awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to share about the film or possibly some future work that you're collaborating with or working on? Um, well, everybody should see the film, uh, you know, uh, that would be great. <laughs> Our next is, um, we have a holiday film that we're starting to go out with now. Um, and you know, once, uh, the numbers come back on dementia, uh, cause we, we basically own the prequel and sequel rights. So we're looking to set up a sequel and or prequel to this title, you know? We established a lot of like great backstory and a great setup at the end for where it could go within you know 